Who was that? It's the uh, paving guy I'm thinking of having the driveway redone. You smoking? What is this, a third degree? It says with pulp. You like it with pulp? Not this much. I like the one that says some pulp. What the fuck was that for? I'll write you up a list. Some pulp indeed. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. I am Jim Scampoli. I'm Jacob Burrows, and we're discussing Season 3, Episode 7, uh, Second Opinion. And if I could give a second opinion on that pulp, I like some. <laughs> I actually agree with the first opinion. Don't want to go overboard with the pulp. That's a phone-throwing offense if I ever <laughs> saw one, though. Uh, I can't believe we're on episode 7 already. I was saying before we were recording, like, this season is just like, wow, man. It's blasting past, in it? This is the 33rd episode, so you're quite an adult now in our Sopranos watch. If you don't know, I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. Jacob, my companion here, is on his first go-round. Um, and yes, as we said, this episode is Second Opinion. It was written by Lawrence Connor. Uh, this is a new name. We'll hear a couple more times. Uh, coming fresh off his Planet of the Apes, Tim Burton script to write this episode. Uh, right. and, and directed by Tim Van Patten, who is a Sopranos staple. Yeah, I can, of course, sense the undertones of Planet of the Apes in the episode. Um, yeah, I'm 33 years old in Sopranos years by now. If you're watching along, congratulations as well on achieving this uh, cultured age where we can, uh, you know, much like Christopher, just go around doing whatever because we're big men now with our suits. This episode starts with... Uh, <laughs> what does this episode start with, Jim? It starts with it starts. Uh, Junior going, Uncle Junior going under the knife for his mm. cancer. And this episode kind of does uh, continue the trend we've seen where there's a lot of like jumping around. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's, I mean, maybe not as much as last episode, but there's a lot of like, we'll check in and here's this scene going on and then we'll cut over to someone else and what their thing is. And then we'll cut back to that other scene. Um, it's kind of an interesting way to do it. I don't know if it's just because this guy wrote planet of the apes or what, but uh, that's where we're at. So, yeah, we have Junior going under the knife with Dr. Kennedy. And he has some, um, I guess not really fever dreams, but surgery dreams where, you know, the FBI comes in and they're like, just give up Tony. We'll cure your cancer. And he's like, yeah. And then you hear Livia Soprano's voice a bit and kind of a little montage uh, as he's kind of coming out of uh, anesthesia. Well, you see the spinning newspaper as well saying that he's, you know, free oh, and he indicted yeah. his nephew, which is such a fun thing because it's such a cheesy old movie type thing that you can imagine that it would be in happening in his brain, you know? Yeah. Uh, probably happening in my brain as well, but like even more so in uh, Junior's. So he eventually comes to there. Everyone is uh, really happy about it. Um, and they're really congratulating Dr. Kennedy, this doctor who really doesn't care that much. I mean, it's it's a job. Like, let's wrap him up. I don't care. He's probably fine. Like, that's the impression you get from when he's uh, getting him wrapped up there. But can't really blame him. It's just a job. This guy ain't special. It's not like he's got mob connections or anything. Yeah, I do like this um, more realistic version of a doctor in a TV show. And I think they even have a line. Maybe Bobby says something like, uh, you know, it's not like doctors on TV. Which is true, and it's also, but also understandable. I mean, you do, of course, want your doctor to take a very special interest and make sure you get better, but at the same time, 
you don't expect them to take on your wounds as their inner wounds like in TV shows. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of like how they play with this. And even Tony even has to go up to him and be like, any favor you need, doctor, you let me know. And I mean... I always wonder with some of these characters. I mean, I guess I assume he has an understanding of who Tony Soprano is. Um, but, I mean, he's pretty nonchalant. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. And, you know, on to the next Dr. Kennedy. Yeah, he's kind of, you know, smiling as, all right, thanks, man. I really appreciate that in my doctor life, which is much more important because he's a hot shot. We get that impression for sure. He like slicing and dicing him up. If I've learned anything from doctor shows, those are the ones you need to watch out for because they'll slice and dice you. But what else are they going to do for you? Take on your emotional trauma? I think not. Nope. Um, so, yes. Anyway, they're all very happy with Kennedy for now. Then we move on to a scene in Satrielli's. No, uh, the Bing? I think it's the Bing because they're playing pool. Uh, yeah. In that yeah, yeah, they wouldn't room. have a pool table there. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Because um, they're always in the back, and I'm like, it's one of the places. It's one or the other. And then suddenly they brought out that VIP place the other time. I'm like, yes, this is the Bing. Yeah. It was much nicer <laughs> than I remember it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they're hassling, they're hassling Christopher. They're, um, you know, uh, basically, <laughs> he rightly says, well, you bet this money, you should give it to me. And Polly Walnuts is like, well, you wearing a wire? Is yeah. this kid wearing a wire? <laughs> and they make him strip down. Yes. Uh, we've always kind of, well, I mean, maybe not always, the, uh, but we're, we're really getting the sense here of this Polly and Chris kind of rivalry slash Polly is almost like a big brother giving him shit. Uh, yeah, because it's great when Chris is like, yeah, you know, that's 70 bucks or whatever he says. And then Paulie just says, yeah, good luck getting it. Uh, <laughs> like such a shitty thing where, you know, if like Chris lost, it wouldn't be going that way. And he yeah. diverts it nicely because as we're we're finding out, uh, made guys are under proba- probation because so many people are turning witness. So they use this opportunity to make him strict naked, make fun of his dick. Uh, you know, well, I guess you could call that a dick. <laughs> yeah, a barrel of laughs. Like uh, again, we're seeing a little bit more of be careful what you wish for for Christopher Moltisanti because being made ain't quite all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, and then we have a dinner scene again here with uh, Tony eating away at that chicken, saying, "Oh yeah, you got to go on the field trip to Washington, and it's to the FBI headquarters." <laughs> what What's that got to do with anything, huh? <laughs> go there. Write down what you see. Um. And uh, so, yeah, there's a is there a phone call? Yeah, and Tony kind of has the head off. But uh, yeah. the main part here of this scene, it, it continues into the next one where, um, you know, Carmilla's kind of upset at her parents getting a free ride as far as, like, you get all the benefits of being connected to Tony. But uh, what what does she say again? She says she, she, that she's paid the price for it, but they have Yeah, I earn it. I earn it. Because yeah. it's like... Uh, her moms being much like TV moms are to their daughters, which I assume what real moms are like to their daughters. I'm not a daughter, so I can't say for sure. Uh, Not a Gilmore girl mother. Well, you know, it depends on which one, I guess. (laughs) But yes, being overbearing and judgmental, especially about Tony, making comments about how, you know, he's leaving in the middle of dinner and then AJ leaves in the middle of dinner because he's got homework. uh, And they bring up uh, Angelo Stantford, Oh, remember that boy that loved you, and now he owns drugstores. And 
Uh, I, I do like how Carmela throws it back in their face because it's like, you know, a zoning permit or something that her dad needed and he tries to deny it. But of course, they're also getting reaping the rewards that Carmela's paying for uh, being connected to Tony Soprano. Um, and yeah, because this is for the most part, I mean, uh, we, we haven't gotten a ton of them, but this gets to be a uh, Carmela centric episode. Uh, yeah. it, it is interesting because I do feel like it ends in a similar fashion to that other Carmilla centric episode where they're sitting on the couch and then she wants her Italian trip or whatever. So, I, I mean, I guess it's, it's obviously it's on purpose because we see her go through these kind of uh, feelings of doubt. But also, like throughout this episode, she's kind of alone as far as yeah. not just Tony, but AJ and Meadow as well. Uh, but then at the end, she gets a thing she wants, I guess, to kind of hang in for a little bit while longer. But, I mean, we'll go through that journey. Yeah, and as I, you know, as someone who hasn't watched the show before, I'll say if there's another episode like this <laughs> and it ends with her going, well, I guess I'll stick around a little bit longer, I'll yeah. be like, for fuck's sake, just pull the trigger or don't. Like, don't have, like, keep having these episodes where it's like, oh, you got to do this or I'll totally, like, realize what a shitty situation I'm in. Like, do something. Like, she didn't even, well, I was going to say she didn't even cheat on Tony. I guess she did with the construction guy just a little bit. Yeah. That's nothing, really. Uh, she didn't even go through with the, you know, the pastor or nothing. Like, she's so unhappy, but she she's, she, you know, she, she likes the rewards. She feels like she has earned them and everything. Either way, this scene isn't very much about her parents, but it is a great starting shot of that because even though the scene isn't centered around it, uh, it, it the important line is at the end there where she says she's earned it because that's what her part of the episode is about. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then what we check in with Tony, who's yeah, back at the Bing, uh, the fish. Yes, with the singing big mouth bass, and I love this. I love how they use this because, I mean, this was a legit timing wise. This was a craze. This was like, oh my yeah. god, the singing uh, bass on the wall. Like every dad and uncle had one, and they were like, look at it, look what it does. And I like how even at the at first Tony is like kind of giggling at it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's singing what like take me to the river, drop me in the water. Um, I, I I could do without the flashback to the episode moment where you know uh, it cuts back to his dream. But I got I also get why it's there. Like I could do without it, but I'm not. It's not a problem that it's there. And then of course it ends with Georgie getting it smashed over his head, and he's still got his eye taped. <laughs> from Ralphie hitting him with a, a lock on a chain. So it's always kind of h- hilarious to see Georgie get beat up by somebody. If anyone should be checked for a wire, it should be Georgie, because <laughs> if I was him, I would have flipped like two seasons ago already. Yeah. Uh, and it's just getting worse for him. But yeah, I, I agree about the flashback. It was it was like I didn't need it because I was literally already thinking about exactly that scene, you know? Yep. But then we watched it in sequence, more or less. It hasn't been a year since we saw it. Very like, true. The people watching it. So so otherwise it might... I, I guess they had to put it in because if you watched the episode, you know, uh, where they actually killed him a year ago, then you might be a bit confused by why he went and smashed Georgie, <laughs> you know? So it makes sense. It adds up. For sure. Um and everyone's kind of, I, I don't know, even like, I feel Silvio's there like, you know, well, yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> yeah, it is funny how like 
they'll always have those shots of like the strippers and stuff that are kind of like, uh oh, something's going on again. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, because there's that classic, uh, I think, I, I mean, it was a Georgie beating actually, I think in like season one, where it's the same thing where they all stop and everyone's kind of like, oh my God. But then like two seconds later, they just start dancing again. Like, all right, back to the dance. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, you got to keep dancing. Um, so. The next scene is Carmilla going to Melfi's office, and I, di- I did read this on Wikipedia, but I didn't need to read it on Wikipedia that it was basically shot for shot yep. from the first episode there because it's such a distinct thing where it moves in on the little statue they have and then moves in on her with the camera. Um, so, so they're basically repeating that of when Tony was there alone the first time with Carmilla. And Carmilla's gone. She keeps saying, you know, she's worried about Tony and whatever, but it's clear to Melfi, actually, she's got things that have kind of been stirred up by talking about them. It'll happen. If you start talking about things, all of a sudden they're there in your brain. Um, and um, so Melfi gives her a recommendation. Yes. And I get the, the new, the trend continues of Melfi being good at her job again. But yeah. really, all that happens from uh, that we see this season of Melfi being good at her job is just shutting up and just staring at someone. Uh, yeah. You just stare at someone and see how they react because it'll tell you so much about their state of mind and where they're at. And then play dumb when they bring it up, uh, where it's like, oh, you think I'm giving you the silent treatment? And I know she isn't, but. <laughs> Uh, I guess just this, it's just a nice, nice, uh, change of pace from last season's Melfi where she was just crazy and giggling and drunk and doing whatever the hell she could <laughs> to mess everything up. Uh, yeah. one quick thing when she brings up the decor, I forget, uh, she kind of mentions the paintings and I'm wondering if that's supposed to be like, she's bringing up the painting that of course, Tony thought was a scam with the, the rotted out barn, but she says she likes the paintings but she does specifically mention she's not a fan of that statue. Um, mm. So, I mean, I don't even know if that was specifically a nod, but I kind of picked up on that. I like that. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, the I like how it, you know, she at first says something about how Tony can't come, but then she quickly just narks on him and is like, no, he didn't <laughs> want to come. He said, fuck that shit. Uh, and I like how that's a pay uh, kind of a, a playoff of where Tony was at last episode because he was upset about Tracy dying or as he said, you know, this kid, this young kid. And I like that because I, I did ask this last week, you know, so they all know what Tony does. So when Tony brings up some, quote, accidental death, there's definitely some other thoughts of what happened. And Melfi even says something about a trash compactor. Uh, and mm-hmm. Carmela points out, like, well, see, he didn't say that. So we all, they're all just imagining in their head that Tony threw a guy. Well, at least Melfi <laughs> is imagining that Tony threw a guy into a trash compactor and he feels a little sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but for Carmela, it's when, like, she's the one who questions that illusion that they're all living under because that's what she's questioning a bit in her own life. And that's when she sort of breaks down just a little bit, starts crying there because of, you know, she feels a need to face that reality of, you know, he reports to a strip club who knows how he spends his days and, uh, you know, the cheating and whatever, that's that's whatever. But, like, am I married to a monster? Am I a monster? And Melfi's like, you need a therapist. Yeah, yeah, you need to talk to someone. And I love her 
Oh, oh, that's silly. That's ridiculous. Thank you. She takes the paper. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, this won't be needed. This is ridiculous. Thank you for the time and the recommendation. I'll just take this piece of paper, whatever. The, I'm not just going to leave it on the table. Yeah, exactly. So next scene is in Dr. Kennedy's office with uh, Junior, who uh, is there really, like, you get the sense immediately that he loves this doctor, uh, saying, like, oh, you should send your pictures to the National Geographic, and, ah, oh, doc, just give it to me straight, and he's, like, giving it all this, uh, this talk, and, uh, you know, Kennedy's like, right, well, you got cancer, is that straight enough for you? Basically, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know that cancer I removed? Didn't quite take out enough of the cancer there. We got, still got some in you here. I'll show you on this piece of paper. I really enjoy the way... Um Junior really brightens up when Kennedy comes and gives him any type of attention. And it kind of is like a weird uh, speaking to like the power of positive thinking in a lot of ways, because I mean, given when, as we see Junior's thing play out through this episode and when you're on chemo, it's not like just because you think positive, you'll be better. But there's definitely a change in attitude with the way Junior reacts, uh, and it makes a difference. And And the fact that Junior does see Dr. Kennedy as this TV doctor that is like a hero that's yeah. going to, you know, save him, um, it's really great. And I love the way I love the way he plays it. And, and the thing is, like, um, Junior is such a great character. He's, he's one of my favorites. And I was just thinking a lot throughout this episode because there's a uh, – it's, like, really – it's really sweet and nice the way Tony cares about him. I know Junior kind of questions it just because, like, where his headspace is at. But thinking of their relationship through, like, the first season and a little bit in the second season to where we're at now, uh, I'm really glad it wasn't a thing where they had to take Junior out because this is the season one showdown and we need something to happen uh, because it's such a worthwhile character to keep around. Yeah, and a worthwhile relationship as well. Almost as much as the Kennedy Jr. relationship yeah. <laughs> here where he tells him, tell me to crap on the Queen Mary. An hour later, they're hosing it down. To which I respond, huh, what? What are you talking about, Jr.? And then next scene, he's all upset at his lackey for not asking enough questions because he's explaining like, you know, uh, you know, I'm supposed to say, I'm going to be in shock. You're supposed to ask questions. You're supposed to be in control of the situation. And it's like, well, what did you expect? Yeah, I mean, you know, elders uh, or senior citizens, like the main recommendation, bring someone with you. And then Bobby asks, when can he eat real food again? Uh, oh, maybe in a couple of weeks. We'll see. Uh, and, and yes, Junior's pretty upset with that. So um, we see in the next scene, Pussy Bomp and Sarah's widow. You know, uh, I would say unbeknownst, but it is beknownst. I believe she knows, you know, uh, everyone kind of knows like who doesn't know that pussy's dead at this point yes yeah it's it's yet another person that if you bring up to tony he'll get mad and be like ah he went to the fbi it's the old like oh your pet dog he's on a farm in the he's on a farm in the country uh he's in the fbi meaning he's in the big fbi in the sky (laughs) <laughs> and they get on fairly well, Carmela and her, except, you know, Carmela has to say, like, oh, you can come over for dinner, just me and Tony. So maybe she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, but, uh, but yeah, basically, she hints, like, oh, you know, my dog, my dog's so damn sick. And I don't know, like, what is, what's going on here? Because we do see she has a nice car later. Yep. Is she just neglecting her dog? Is she fishing for more money? Is the money actually for the dog? 
Yeah, they leave it. I mean, they do kind of show that the dog's not sick or, you know, she says it comes and goes and she has a nicer car later and she does like like sneak up near Carmilla. So this is this is premeditated. Uh, so it's interesting. They, they leave it, you know, I guess up to us to decide. I mean, it, we, she's up to something, but we don't really know what. And uh, it's interesting that they don't play it too much as far as like previously when Carmela went through like one of these little crises is uh, when she was with Charmaine and Charmaine was dealing with how um, uh, Jackie senior, but I mean, he died of cancer. Uh, it does seem like this would be another, you know, uh, reminder to Carmela that her, that Tony can't either be killed or arrested and gone very quickly. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, that's just a, yet another thing of like, whatever she's earning, if Tony goes away, what happens then? Uh, but yeah, either way, Sal's wife, Angie, she's up to something. She just wants money, I guess. Uh, I didn't and, even catch that she snuck up, but you're totally right. She yeah. definitely sneaks up there, so that changes things a bit. It's interesting. Um, but um, for Carmilla, this is a bit of a revelation turning point scene because I don't think she knew that Tony was paying her money. Like True. that, you yeah. look at her face when she says that. So that's kind of a big thing to her. It, I mean, she's she's got a brain. It doesn't quite gel with my husband is a rat. So Tony's giving you money. Mm -hmm. That's not really what would happen. Yeah, so true. that kind of proves she's dead. And I don't think, or he's dead. I don't think Tony would want Carmilla to know that, you know, Pussy was a close friend of the family and everything. So uh, I don't know if she realizes that at the moment, but either way, it's uh, it's an interesting parallel to herself. Like you mentioned that, you know, she's basically like the widow getting paid off just to stick around and keep her mouth shut. Basically, yeah, yeah. But she's up to something, and she's getting... I mean, basically, she's breaking one of the big rules that she's getting greedy. Uh, and and what a bad decision, because as we see, Tony's not going to react well, because Tony knows what's going on. She's got, yeah. she's using Carmilla to get to Tony. Uh, but yeah, then otherwise, what we see is that when Chris... Then Chris comes home with, uh, you know, bags of shoes, shoes yeah. uh, for Adriana. Yep. And size 10, but uh, size 10, that's, you know, that's big. That's Sasquatch feet. Uh, I'm size eight and a half. Where'd I get 10? I mean, where would you get 10? Like they have this gag where because Polly thinks that, too. I don't know that I would ever think my girlfriend was a size 10 because that seems like a really big shoe. <laughs> Look, I recently moved from Sweden where my shoe size would be 43. Oh. And I've recently <laughs> had to learn the different numbers and things. And even I know that. She wouldn't be a fucking size 10. <laughs> like, I just learned that, what the sizes are. And I'm like, well, you know what your own foot is in it? Like, you, you have a basic grasp of your own foot, I hope. Yeah. Maybe just, I don't know, scale it down a little. I don't think you're an 11, Christopher, but hey, what do I know? I, but hey, even more so, what do you know? Because you don't know anything. <laughs> it's a really weird, uh, I mean, it's funny, but it's like not super realistic. If, if they said a 9 and she's like, oh, I'm an 8, it yeah. almost... And then repeat it would have maybe added up more. But then again, for me, these numbers are like they don't mean anything until just a week ago when I bought shoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it's it is nice to see Chris is kind of on the come up a little bit because usually when we've been seeing him lately, he's just been anything he gets is taken away. Although this is short lived, uh, but I do like that he's he's bitching about Polly, and then Adriana says something like, "Oh, he, he does he think you're skimming again?" 
And then Chris is like, like, I'm going to give him a full share. So like he is skimming yeah. as well. Uh, so I like this little rival rivalry they have going on. Yeah. And there's a scene in between, but basically Polly does show up and, uh, just, you know, walk around to find all the stuff that's been skimmed, um, basically, like the shoes, for example. Yep. Uh, and, uh, of course, does the old panty sniff because he's poly walnuts, I yeah. guess. Uh, that's the reason well, for that. And they, uh, But the build-up to that, too, when they're having the discussion of, like, your, history, your sexual history, and oh, yeah. he mentions, like, having sex with somebody's mother... And then she has a story about how Penn from Penn and Teller <laughs> followed her into the bathroom and she blew him and then he gets all mad and he's like, you whore, uh, and he like grabs her, like throws her off the bed. It's hilarious. Like it really, I mean, I know we goof on The Sopranos as a sitcom and this necessarily wouldn't be a sitcom scene, but in a Sopranos dark comedy sitcom, completely. I would watch a whole, I would watch a whole sitcom like that. Well, that w- it, they would change the language, but it would be a Seinfeld episode of like, what are what? But you were talking about your sexual exploits, yeah. But that's Penn; he's the big guy. Why couldn't it be the small guy? Eh? So uh, there's possibilities there. Yeah, you, you can always do one him. of those edits. Um, stepping back for a moment, uh, Tony does come home at one point, and uh, he's in a really good mood. I think you know because he's grabbing dinner he's like oh this is perfect it doesn't even need to be heated up your cooking is delicious and carmela's not feeling it she's just flipping her flipping her magazine yeah yeah i like it because i feel like tony thinks tony thinks like he's he's saying that and he's kind of making things better because he's like oh my god this cooking's so great but it's still i mean what we've seen carmela go through is yeah like her family is gone now for the most part uh and of course she ran into Angie and she's got all this stuff on her mind. And I believe, yeah, this is where she kind of tells Tony how she, uh, ran into her and, you know, she got a sick dog and Tony calls her a cunt or whatever. Cause he starts saying, yeah. you know, that miserable fuck that went to the FBI and his cunt wife. Uh, so it's really interesting how things, things really, you know, get escalated quickly, uh, with their, with this interaction. Yeah, and this is also where we bring up uh, we need to meet with the dean or whatever from the college to talk about donations and so on, uh, which comes up again later. But uh, skipping ahead then, we do have the scene with Polly Walnuts and the panties and all that. Um, And after that, Carmilla does show up at college, tries to get in to the room, uh, and then just has to go and sit down. I wonder what she's thinking about. I really like this scene because... um we just kind of hang there for a little bit and, and let yeah. it play out. And I mean, it does, it's like such a Carmilla situation where she's got all this shit that she's carrying. Like she's, of course she's brought food. She's brought leftovers with her. And then she's got, I don't know if it's just extra clothes or laundry or whatever the fuck. She's got all this shit. And then she's just sitting by herself waiting um and i believe there's like a song playing that they play over the credits as well but i i don't know it's it it uh i like that we just take the time to stop for a bit because especially like i said a lot of these scenes like we're cutting around uh but we kind of just hang in this moment before meadow comes out and then meadow it's not that meadow's being a bitch here but it kind of just helps weigh in the like how ungrateful like her like Carmilla's family is uh because yeah. it's like oh food and uh blaming 
Tony and her kind of Carmilla do an extension over the Noah situation. And she's even just trying to like, just talk to her and it's, you know, it's not going well. Yeah, absolutely. And like, oh, food, I'm starved. <laughs> and uh, what is, she tries to talk. About, oh, yeah, there's this talk where she picks up a book like this looks interesting. Oh. And uh, she says what book she's reading. Uh, let's see. Barbara. Barb. I don't know who it is. They're reading something. Uh, probably in make the a, book club. Yeah, I meant to make a note of that. And yeah, Meadow says like, oh, I wish I could read fiction. I wish I had time to read Bar- fiction. And then she picks- Barbara Kingsolver. Yeah. I don't know what that is. And then she, yeah, she picks up one of Meadows' books, and she's like, "Oh, we're way past that now." And then uh, I, I like Carmel even has like the, uh, she has a flyer for some seminar, like some classic college, like come save the world seminar. And then she's even kind of amazed by it, like, "Oh, I, I hope you're taking advantage of these things." Uh, but yeah. it's just such a like lame mom, like whatever, mom, <laughs> lame ass. <laughs> Everyone has you flyers. Come on. Yeah. No cool. Um, so, yes. And then I'm, I'm just trying to find a track here of. Um, oh, yeah, because Carmilla also brings up Noah as she's worried it'll affect your grades. And then, you know, Meadow brings up you call losing a wonderful man because of dad a thing because. She's called it the Noah thing. So Meadow's in denial about, you know, this is all because of my dumb dad. She's still still mad yeah. uh, at him. Which, um, which and, I do think yeah. is sort of true, but not for what she's thinking. Like, it's not the racism thing. Because we were talking about that Noah's dad probably had some sort yeah. of hand in it finding out who Meadow's family is. Uh, but also just Meadow in general. Yeah, she's just kind of in denial either way. I will say, Carmela gets a good zinger in there when Meadow says, don't drag me into whatever bullshit accommodational, uh, accommodational pretense you've got. And uh, Carmela's like, was that last night's reading assignment? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Junior's making food? Food? Oh, yeah, he's kind making of? like some power food. Yeah, he's got to blend something down. I don't know what he puts in initially, and then he's pouring milk on it. It looks, it looks like fucking meat. It looks like yeah. raw meat, which makes me go, What? Uh, and it's it's such a it's a nice sort of tip off uh, or s- sort of like homage to when he got his hand stuck in the uh, sink because it kind of just another thing showing that like when he's on his own, it's not great. And I like how it plays out because I could totally see myself doing that because you, you know, he puts the lid on, but then he's like, oh, wait, I want to add a little bit more milk. But you still in your head, you're like, I already put the lid on. And then, <laughs> and then, of course, he hits the blender. It goes everywhere. Uh, and then Tony shows up. And, you know, well, that's some sort of accommodational pretense from your side. Because I'm like, put the fucking lid on, yeah. you idiot. It's right there. So, <laughs> but have you uh, ever had that moment you... where sometimes, you, like, you're not thinking. And then maybe even grab, you pick up a hot pan. And you're like, ah, fuck. Why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I get it. But, and, uh, and but then, it looked kind of funny there. <laughs> oh, but then, yeah, add to that just being an old man, uh, you know, that coming out of surgery, going into another surgery. He's got things on his yeah. mind, all right? Yeah. Oh, that's very true. Um, but Tony's there like, hey, you look better. You're, it's great. And uh, Junior says, hey, if you're going to lie to me, tell me there's a broad in the car that wants to tongue my balls or whatever he says. And, and Tony rightfully is like, do you want that? Like, because I, I have a place. Yeah, you that's, know? A, that's a <laughs> phone like, call Ugh. away. Yeah. Uh, and then um, what, this is where we kind of get into the uh, the idea of Dr. Kennedy. And his name's John Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> and, like, why it's such a big deal for Junior. And I think it even, it, like, one of the interactions ends with Junior going, 
I love that man. And then I'm on, yeah. I'm honestly wondering, does he mean Dr. Kennedy or does he mean John F. Kennedy? I mean, I, I assume he means John F. Kennedy, but he also loves Dr. Kennedy as well. Well, it's the same in his mind. Like it's yeah. literally like a weird, uh, superstitious thing of like, well, it's, it's the name of that guy I love, so I love him. <laughs> and I don't which which of the Kennedys is which? Like, because he says like that was the brother, and I'm like, I don't even know. They're just Kennedys to me. Oh, uh, John F. Kennedy was the president that was assassinated. Uh, I believe yeah. he means. I'm not sure if he means Robert Kennedy. Uh, yeah. I think he means right. It was something about. I, I just assumed that it was like this guy cracked down on you know us mobsters. He's oh, like, yeah. no, that was the brother. Yeah, that's what I got from it anyway. Um, well, that, but that makes well, sense. And I love Bobby um, comes in and then Junior rightfully calls him on getting uh, White Castle because he could smell the burgers on him. But then it's also like I know that's a funny thing. Like, oh, this fat piece of shit went and got burgers, but. It's also kind of a sweet thing because he went to eat burgers outside, not in front of Junior, because he knows Junior can't have food right now. So his yeah. heart was in the right place. Uh, and then this, yeah, Tony starts talking about how maybe he needs to get a second opinion, uh, going back under the knife so soon. Um, and then we get another kind of Junior's walking through his thought process here, although I don't think his read is as well uh, in this situation as it was with Richie. Uh, last season well yeah and uh I, you know as someone who hasn't watched this i'm really like is this where it all gets you know fucked for junior because it's very clear like oh we didn't cut enough we're gonna cut out more of it i'm sure yeah he is old there is a risk factor but when they eventually i mean i'm jumping ahead but when they do get together this you know panel to make the decision the decision is like oh what oh th- that guy's gonna be there fuck it let's just do the chemo like it's not a good decision and maybe kennedy was right and then after that they can't even reach him i know again i'm jumping but like is this where tony unintentionally kills junior (laughs) i know you can't comment but it's like i don't know were they gonna cut it out was he gonna be fine uh everything i know about cancer i've uh, learned from tv which is you know i'm I'm lucky in that but that tells me um that uh, either way it would have come back eventually according to tv rules well and it's interesting the way they play this out because it is such a like um, I guess more grounded, realistic version of uh, what a doctor does. Because even at the beginning, even though I don't fully understand exactly what's going on, because even at the beginning when Kennedy has to like, he's talking to a guy on the phone or whatever to check the samples, but yeah. he's like rushing him, uh, which kind of may, may be like a hint that that's part of why it's not, the proper diagnosis but then later on kennedy's blaming that guy when they're at their meeting where he's like i was given the wrong information uh when they checked the samples or whatever but then it does yeah. come into well i'm not gonna deal with this because i don't want this fucking guy up my ass about <laughs> it's such a it's such a like anyone at their job uh type deal so <laughs> it does make sense but it also is kind of like oh man I wish you would like fight. I, I believe I fully believe that we need to go in and cut this cancer out. But no, that's not going to happen. Well, they're all mobsters anyway. You're yeah. doing society a favor. That's one perspective you could take. And uh, so what you mentioned is he, Junior does say at the end, they're like, Anthony's a cunt hair away from owning all of New yes. Jersey. I'm that hair. And he's not even that hair. Like, does he not realize he's not that hair? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, because um, that's his like, I thought Junior, I thought we got to the point where Junior does. And I guess probably Junior does realize that Tony is running things no matter what, but there's still that you want to just be in denial to yourself. 
And yeah, I guess it's just another way to make him, you know, you got to think yourself is more important than you are because yeah, you're not even that cunt here, dude. <laughs> you've already been shaved. I, you're already a, you're already a shaved vagina. I think he knows that, but I also, like th- I get it as well because he's so like, he's additionally powerless now because previously when he was, you know, putting on his blanket and watching the TV, at least he got to say, Hey, I'm sick. Leave me alone. But now it's like, I can't eat food. I can't even cook the non food that I'm supposed to eat. Plus uh, the cancer's back and, they're going to cut me out up again or not. So, so I guess it makes sense to sort of flail out there and say, Oh, you know, I'm important still. Yeah. Speaking of people who are very important, we get to meet the Dean of Meadows school who Carmilla goes to dinner with. Again, this is another type of scene. We, you and the likes of you and me only get to watch on TV. See how, (laughs) you know, those names end up on those buildings, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm even like rethinking about it later on. Is is all his thing about being Italian just a lie? Probably, <laughs> probably. Like at the, it, I never really thought about. It. I was like, oh, I assume he's probably telling the truth. But then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, you could easily just say all that shit. You know, he's trying to get fifty grand for his school. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, Carmela, he's buttering her, buttering her up really nice, uh, and I like that he mentions, you know, we spoke to the previous school, so we assumed you'd give fifty thousand. And then we find out from Tony, like they were giving five thousand. Uh, so what a what a great assumption! <laughs> what a great assumption yeah. on their end. Well, this is college, you know, in yeah. the big leagues. Um, yeah, it is. It is weird. It's like, oh, you know, you need your name up there. And her Carmilla's, I don't know, her her point of view on it is strange because she says later, like, oh, he was saying a lot about Meadow getting the best education she can, and it's like, well, they. They're pretty sure they would be like breaking the law if they kicked her out because your parents didn't give fifty k. Yeah. Like it's not like a small. It's not a small thing, and you guys are criminals as well. Uh, well, at least Tony is. Um. So so it's interesting, but but she's really like, no, we gotta do this. And I guess for her, in a weird way, like all the money's bad, everything's bad about this. In a way, it goes to something good, but it doesn't really because it's just a building. Someone else would have paid it. It's going to be your name up there. It's some sort of almost societal recognition to counteract all the negative stuff she's getting this episode. Yes. Yeah, it's really such a... I, I get in Carmela's head how this does seem like this is where we're taking this blood money, as it's later called, and doing something good with it, but it is such an empty kind of hollow gesture because yeah it's just having your at the end you're still getting your name at the building on the building and this you know faux feeling of uh like legitimacy that's just not there um but at the same time it is it it, 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 the the dean on the dean side of thing obviously they're not criminals like the soprano the soprano crew but it is like, yeah, I mean, this is this is ridiculous. This is criminal, and because even him talking about like Meadow, like I I don't even believe anything he's saying about checking in with her professors and how great she's doing. There is that funny joke where she's like, she seems to sleep a lot, and he's like, they all do, but she does seem to sleep a lot. She does seem like she's not doing anything. So go screw, shut up with your garbage uh, sales pitch. <laughs> yes. So uh, speaking of sales pitch, um. <laughs> Tony shows up with a bat to, um, what's her name, Angie's place, yes. yep. and uh, beats the crap out of a car, tells her, don't talk to my wife again. And it's funny that in the end, his thing is like, hey, 
you talk to me if you need money. Like it's not <laughs> like we're, I'm not never going to give you money again. It's like, ah, what are you bothering my family for? I think you kind of nailed it too. Where, um, and I, I didn't really think of that angle before, but I think you nailed it where Angie telling Carmilla that Tony's helping out. If uh, Big Pussy went to the FBI, he wouldn't be helping her out. So it is this weird confirmation. Not to say that Carmela would, would never think that Tony did it, but it's this weird confirmation like, oh, okay, Tony did have to kill Big Pussy uh, because why else would he be helping her out at all? Yeah, exactly. And uh, the the puppy come or the dog comes up to him at the end and he just pets the dog <laughs> you know one of those classic screenwriting things you got a bad man but he pets the dog yeah. oh so many layers to this man <laughs> it is good though i i did enjoy that um, um and then what's yes. oh, so yeah then carmela's telling tony about the student center and yeah he thinks it's a shakedown which it is and yeah. it it is kind of i guess another version of when carmela was doing favors and using her uh uh, small push from being connected to Tony Soprano to get Meadow into this school uh, between like intimidation of the Cusamanos and whatnot and all these like weird little parental hoops you have to jump through to do the best for your children. Now that she's there, it doesn't stop. Now that Meadow's in school, it doesn't just stop. Now it's, you know, pay this money or whatever. Because uh, yeah. there is... Even though it's not that she'd get kicked out of school, but I do feel like there is this weird understanding of like if something does happen or if grades did slip, there would be concessions would be made because, oh, your family name is on the building. So it makes it even more of an empty like uh, gesture because it is just more of a selfish thing in the end for the Soprano family. Yeah, but college ain't even that hard, though. And she mm -hmm. had top grades in high school. She was doing a lot of drugs at the time, but still, <laughs> she could do more and she'd be fine. Yeah, that's how drugs work, kids. Um, so I'm uh, I'm gonna skip through a bit of the next bit because this is where I feel like it gets pretty choppy with some really short scenes in succession, and we can go yes. into details. But I'll just summarize it quickly. We had the scene um, with the new doctor, the second opinion, who says chemo, you know, and then they're talking in the elevator, Tony and Junior. Uh, some of the lines we already mentioned are up in there but basically they decide on doing this whole board comparison thing um then we get the scene from the start of the show with carmilla throwing the <laughs> phone uh great scene and uh that's actually concluded with uh aj coming back and the whole point of that is like uh you just played playstation in the nation's capital yeah. there wasn't really a payoff to the whole fbi thing or any of that yeah. right how was the trip oh it was awesome they had playstation 2 in the hotel <laughs> yeah it's such a great like we talked about before uh i know a lot of people hate aj but i feel like he does really well in the part he's supposed to be and i love the way they write for him um and i love i just love the moment of how well, Carmela's sneaking around outside because she's calling that therapist to talk to, and she is smoking. But then Tony yeah. is just being a fucking piece of shit about nothing. Uh, <laughs> but then I also love when AJ pulls up, Meadow's so excited, and she runs over and, like, hugs him and everything. And I'm sure it's, like, for AJ, it's kind of lame in front of his friends, the way his mom's, like, doting upon him. And then she even has to say, like, I missed you so much. Did you miss me? And he's like, yeah, I guess. You know, this is the longest time we've ever been apart. Like, you know, so many empty nest syndrome things going on here with Carmela between Meadow going away from school, AJ being close to it, and Tony just being Tony. 
Uh, and we're see- it, they they kind of weave it all throughout the scene pretty well. Yes, and she does get to bring up. They're still talking about the money for the school, and she does say here the money you give Angie and other widows you've got on your payroll, confirming that she's you know put two and two together. And Tony's like, it's a business expense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, so I'll, I'll I'll just keep breezing through yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Like the next scene is you know uh, it, it's uh, Christopher and Tony, and he's complaining about the panty sniffing. Uh, and Tony's all amused about like making him strip down and everything. That's all fun and games. But then you know the stuff with Adriana. That's like, huh? What he did that? Fuck. Okay. Uh, but he does bring up, hey, you're moving up fast. Uh, people are going to be a bit jealous. Uh, just uh, you know, be wary of that. Then we get the actual board of doctors that we went into. Uh, we've already basically covered what that was all yeah. about, uh, yeah. showing that like, oh no, the patient won't be there. We'll go. We'll decide what's best together. Which means, you know, like at any job, you're just deciding like, oh what, I gotta do that. Nah, I'm not doing that. You're yeah. doing that. What? I am. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I was surprised because going with the 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 Chris and Tony thing, and then even when Tony talks to Polly. Polly still says he won't apologize, and I'm kind of surprised that he lets that pass because it does seem like the way Tony reacts when he – like he's, he is kind of laughing at all the, like, goofs they're playing on him, but then when he says he sniffs his panties and uh, – sniffs her panties and Tony's like, ugh. And then he even has to tell, talk to Polly, like, you know, that's going to be his wife. But I guess Polly does make a great point, like, hey, once her, <laughs> once they're married, anything that touches her pussy's off limits. Like, I guess, so I guess that's a good – concession there they kind of compromise a bit <laughs> well it's like the old uh was it richie that said it or whatever like take her name then it's not my business if you beat her or whatever mm-hmm. yeah basically <laughs> so uh meanwhile junior is going into chemo and um he's this is also like a couple of quick scenes to show the progress of how that's going and uh he's there throwing up a whole lot when uh, tony shows up and um Yeah, they're just arguing about what's going on. But most importantly, Tony finds out Kennedy's treating him like a real piece of shit, uh, saying like, but but Junior's all like, oh, he must be busy, that wonderful man. And Tony's like, the wonderful fuck, I'm going to fuck that guy up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then Chris, we see Chris coming out of a hotel after he just fucked a a whore. Uh, And then Polly pulls up because, you know, don't be running around behind my back uh, talking to the skip about what's going on with us and they kind of you know they kind of have like a small compromise where they're okay with each other and then chris gets worried that maybe paulie's gonna pull out a gun he gets to get his gun ready but then paulie pulls out a billy big bass and they both really have a moment of enjoying it as it's singing ymca they're both really cracking up giggling away i really love how they're just like thinking it's so great and i like the idea that we don't even see it but Polly says something about like bringing it to the Bing. Like we got to put one of these up at the Bing, so you could just imagine Tony's just gonna geek out on him <laughs> when he brings it there and acts like it's so great. Yeah, I almost thought Polly knows that Tony hates those and he's gonna give it to give it to him to put up, you know, as a sort of get you back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then there's the golf. What is it with doctors and golf? Hey, eh? I guess it is uh, all like on TV. They all go golfing. 
but he goes off on his own, away from the herd of other doctors, and that's when the mobsters will pull up and uh, sort of give you a club and humiliate you a bit, just kind of bully you, uh, throw your throw your hat off, uh, s- slap uh, the pager out of your hand, all that stuff. I love in the end all. <laughs> I was gonna say I love Furio in this scene um, <laughs> when he's like, you know, I got the same one. I got this titanium, like it added to my uh, swing or whatever. And he's like, yeah, my friend here, he goes like Mr. Smith or something. You know, he, he doesn't really play golf. And then and, and he just goes, stupid fucking game. <laughs> uh, well, and, yeah. and it's interesting, too, because I guess thinking about it, this episode doesn't have a lot of mafioso stuff in it. I mean, I guess Chris and Polly to a point, but they're just kind of Polly's just kind of hazing Chris a bit. It's not too mafia. This is like the most mafia scene in it because they're just intimidating a doctor on the golf course. They make him back up into the lake or whatever. And, yeah, there's a bee on your head, and he smashes his hat off, and Tony smashes his record out of his hand. It's so great because that actor, too, like, that plays Dr. Kennedy, I feel like he's always cast as, like, a smarmy, like, douchebag, and they play with that a lot. And so it's, like, nice to see him being scared here, and uh, especially because he is – I mean, he is treating uh, Junior like shit. So it is nice to see him get somewhat of a comeuppance here. I had to look him up because I was like, I definitely recognize this guy, but I don't know from what. And it could have been like a dozen things because as far as I could tell, he doesn't have like one huge roles, but he's been in, I don't know, a hundred TV shows. Yeah, he's definitely he's one of those guys like, yeah, it's not necessarily that he has this big known part, but he's in so much stuff, Uh, but he's usually great in everything he's in. I think I may have his face may have imprinted in my brain from Freaks and Geeks, which he was in. Um, oh, was he the dad? Was he? Um... Well, he wasn't, but he was something like I because because I was also like, was he the dad? Like who the fuck? Well, was I meant he? like but the I dad didn't... that gets divorced, but I could be thinking I could be remembering that wrong. I don't even know. Uh, you you look it up. Let me pull uh, it up real quick. I'll I'll skip ahead here into the next scene where we got Carmilla going to her therapist, and this is apparently. Someone who helped train Melfi, which is really interesting because they have totally different approaches, not entirely, not fundamentally, but as far as, oh, I'm someone with mob money coming in here. And Melfi's like, oh, this is exciting. And this man is like, therapy is, has become a lie in this country. It's just a way for uh, vain people to satisfy their shallow urges. <laughs> therapy is supposed to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. And it's like, wow, okay, I guess The Sopranos would be one season long if you were the main therapist <laughs> uh real quick yes it's neil's dad uh and, neil's dad yeah and it, it, when they're getting a divorce like he's cheating on um his mom i believe but anyways uh, spo- spoilers freaks and geeks but yes i love this character this uh uh therapist it is interesting i i, I thought the exact same thing you were just saying of how like would it? How would he be a connection to Melfi? But I guess maybe it was just a semester because <laughs> she didn't quite pick up a ton from him. And I love his attitude and the way, yeah, the way he doesn't he doesn't give her an out. Uh, and and what is his comment? He's like, you know, just go to any like ethnic pride parade or mall, <laughs> and you'll see exactly yes. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Patients want to be excused for their behavior because of events in their childhood. 
And yeah, just like you said, visit any shopping mall or, mall or ethnic pride parade, <laughs> uh, okay, to find out what I'm talking about. And uh, Carmel's like, what we say in here stays in here. And his answer should have been, I fucking hope so, because I just said something really weird here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, it, it will. So he or she uh, lays out that it's the mafia, or rather, he uses the word mafia. And that sort of makes her break down again. She has to face this thing that she knows about it's part of her life but she doesn't say it out loud and it's different when you say it out loud yes yeah and he mentions that uh she's an accomplice and she kind of fights back against that and he says okay well okay you're an enabler you know you cook his meals take care of his children or you know keep his house in order what have you um it is a real direct like it's 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 almost hard but i guess it's not hard to imagine because it's kind of what this show's about but Usually in a TV show, this moment is the moment for a character because it's like, here is a character telling you everything that's wrong with you. But I guess, especially the way Sopranos plays things and the way we would do this in reality, just because someone tells us everything that's wrong with us and we know that they're right and we know their advice is good doesn't necessarily mean we're going to follow it. Uh, yeah. But I think I do think this is a very interesting, pivotal moment for Carmela either way. Uh, because someone is, this is what she's been dancing around this, the whole, this, this whole show, uh, even going back, of course, to the college episode with father Phil, this has always been the big thing on her mind. So it's, it's not even that he's telling her anything she doesn't know. Uh, but I like how it's all laid out pretty thin and I'm, I'm pretty plain and I'm like right in her face. And I love the line. The only thing you can never say is that you haven't been told. Uh, it's such yeah. a great sum up of like what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I, I got to love as well when he's like, you should, con- you should trust your initial impulse and consider leaving him. And she's like, so you think I need to define my boundaries more clearly? <laughs> Stop internalizing. And he's like, no, 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 no. What did I just say? And she's like, leave him. He's like, yeah, you should leave him. <laughs> And yeah, and and also like, you know, you can't take his money. It's none of this like I need to get an apartment, get child support. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like it's blood money. Uh, I mean, it is. Yeah. Um, so speaking of blood, the next scene, we do have uh, Junior sitting down, getting more chemotherapy. And uh, it's like, oh, this this uh, idiot here doing it. Oh, if only Dr. Kennedy was here. And he's here. He's coming in like, ah, oh, you old, you young whippersnapper, you. How's it going? And he's doing the thing. He's laying it on thick. And he's like, no, no, this is one of the best guys in the biz, the chemo biz. He's like, what? Yeah, 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 for sure. Just give me a ring anytime you need me, but you're doing what's right here and you're going to be fine. And, and the thing is, it's, I love this moment because it works. At least in this scene, it works because uh the way uh junior plays it 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 makes all the world to him that dr kennedy's there and giving him these empty platitudes but i feel like that's what bedside manner is and i think there is some truth to that now this guy giving him chemo did you did you notice who it was yeah (laughs) did you notice it's buster bluth himself (laughs) yeah and, and I, I didn't notice until just now, actually, because okay. I skipped up to the scene here, and I was like, "That guy looks familiar." The yeah. way he, he doesn't have a line at all, right? He but doesn't he's, say anything. But he's also acting like 
his reaction <laughs> he's acting like uh, for people, if you haven't watched rest development it's buster bluth one of the one of the characters in rest development is the one giving him chemo and he has no lines but he can't help but it's almost like he's being buster in this scene because when dr <laughs> kennedy's saying how he's like the greatest and all that he's doing like the confused like head what? tilts and the <laughs> me <laughs> what mother <laughs> Uh, but yeah I love uh, one of the things great about going through this show too is like so many people just popped up on it's like when you rewatch Seinfeld and you see everyone popping up Uh, Sopranos was one of those rites of passages yes Um, so next scene I believe is the final scene with Carmela and Tony um, where Tony comes in and she's on the couch she's been in the couch um, and Tony actually you know with his uh emotional you know awareness and everything suggests that maybe things have gotten stirred up in you maybe you need to go see a shrink he's basically doing what melfi did just a little bit later uh because you know even he can see what's going on at this point and uh, the, the phone's being thrown that's whatever but uh you know now he's like uh maybe you need to go see someone she doesn't say i already did she <laughs> says like i have time for that yeah. even though she's the one who's always encouraged him to do that um and uh yeah in the end she already said where they put to put us down for 50k yeah yeah basically and she i mean she tells she tells him without there's subtext but it's very clear like look you know something big's gonna happen if you don't do this and you know tony picks up on that uh i do like this underlying thing of how even earlier in the episode when Carmilla brings up to her parents that like we're seeing progress, like I've, I've been seeing his therapist with him. Uh, they don't quite outright say it, but there's this idea that even the parents are like therapy. Ugh. And yeah. um, Carmilla acts that way a little bit too, the way she's being flippant about Tony's suggestion. It's kind of this idea of like therapy. That's for you. That's not for me. Even though we did do know she did see a therapist and, basically told her exactly what she should do with her with her life um and yeah yeah it's, it's tony and his infinite uh way to read the room is also like uh it look like you can use a night off from cooking uh <laughs> you know maybe we should go out <laughs> uh i still even though it, it is very like we brought up earlier it's very reminiscent of that previous episode that ends very similar to this i still really like it and i like how it comes together and it is, you know, much like we saw with Chris Maltesanti and his depression, um, the way it kind of comes up on you. And, yeah, Carmela is just kind of, by the end of this episode, all she can be is just a heap on the couch. She's not even up in her room sleeping. She's just curled up in a blanket burrito and doesn't want to talk to anyone. And her line, yeah. too, of like, Everyone else in this house sleeps all day. I figured I'd try it out. I, it's such a great line. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I just wanted to point out a detail. It is interesting that it's only through Tony's resistance that I can tell what is a lot of money and what isn't to him. Because he's, you know, okay, maybe we'll, we'll do five. And then when Carmela keeps pushing 50, it's like, maybe 10. And he's like, I already told 50. And then, like, because it could have started, like, if they said, I don't know, even more because I, I don't you don't have any sense of scale with these people um so it's it is interesting to find out and i don't even know how much of that is that's a lot of money and how much of it is this is a shakedown you know because maybe that's not a lot of money yeah i do get the impression that tony could definitely i mean the fact that he does do it or is going to do it i think does show that he could do it from the start 
but I, I do understand from him, it does feel like it's more of a principle thing. Like yeah. it's not a lot of money in the sense that I can't swing it. It's more a lot of money in the sense of like, what the fuck? I'm not going to give you that just to put my name on a thing. Uh, yeah. because I don't know. I forget. There's been times where he's just like walking around with like 30 grand or, I mean, what did they give? Uh, what did he give arena? Didn't he give her like 50 grand or something like that? When, she had her breakdown, his uh, Russian guma there. I mean, he, uh, like when Silvio came in and gave her like a big fat envelope. And maybe it wasn't 50, but it was like 25 or 30. So I don't get the sense that he can't swing it. But I also, from his point of view, I'd be like, even if I could give that, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm not giving you that. I'm already paying you 40 grand a year for my kid's education. You, know, you, want, a, you want another oh, yeah. piece? I forgot about that. You got to pay for that over there, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Uh, and it is probably a shitload. Not to mention think, rent in New York. I think Tony does say earlier in the episode, like, we're already paying forty grand a year for school or whatever. Okay. So I guess to these people who send their kids there, it's not that much money then. Yeah, basically. All right. Well, that is the end of another episode of The Sopranos. Um I am generalizing, and I haven't counted, but it does feel like ever since the Gabagoo, we haven't been into Tony that much. You know, Tony's kind of a side character at least for the last few episodes. Am I right? Actually, yeah, you're right. You're right because, um, I mean, yeah, in this episode, it's a lot of uh, Carmilla and Junior. Uh, last mm-hmm. episode, of course, it was like Tracy, Meadow, and Caitlin. Um, what was the yeah. episode before that was... There was one in between the Melfi episode uh, and that one. It was something with fun mob stuff happening to sort of even it out. Yeah, somewhat, because it it, it was the cop, the, the Tony dealing with the, the cop and also um, uh, what's going on here. Oh, with the Bobby's father and him cancer, Junior to an extension. And then, of course, we had Melfi's right. episode. So, yeah, you're right. Like. Uh, not getting too into Tony's mindset, but kind of seeing Tony reacting to a lot of these supporting characters and how they affect him. It is interesting because we're definitely in what felt like, you know, Tony arc or space in the previous season. This season started out a bit weird because, you know, we had the FBI episode with the lamp. That didn't really pay off. Uh, And, of course, (laughs) we had to say goodbye to Livia as well for reasons beyond the writer's control. So it's interesting how this feels like it developed maybe differently than it would have uh, if Livia had been around. Uh, Of course, Ralphie and all that stuff. I I, Like, it's, it's cool, but it's like sometimes... He's so obviously annoying that to tote or and of course fucking uh, Jackie Jr. Like, come on, like just repeating the same stuff over when I'm like, just get into Tony. Like Tony's only reaction to these people is the same thing over and over of like, oh, I'm so annoyed with you. And he does punch Ralphie. and It's like, oh, I'm a made man. Like that hasn't paid off yet. Nothing's happened with that. Uh, But his reactions have been sort of level. And I remember not that long ago, I feel like he was crashing cars or dreaming of crashing cars whichever one it was <laughs> yeah. because of passing out with his anger there was of course the uncle ben rice situation that was you know that was the last time we were deep into tony's mind and uh, i do miss it a bit yeah no i agree um and especially like they're uh they haven't leaned into it fully yet but i mean the seeds are there because 
there's somewhat of a formula uh, between, I mean, season one, it was mostly, you know, Junior was the kind of rising threat for Tony. And then season two was um, was Richie. And now here in season three, it's like what we're seeing with Ralphie and kind of the resentment or the rivalry yep. that's growing there. And, but we still have an April in the mix because we have Jackie Jr. kind of. Uh, yeah. bumming around, popping in to be like, hey, go back to school. Hey, I want to be a gangster. So, I mean, we'll see where they go with that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, maybe you are watching for the first time and you have no idea where they're going. Why not send your theories? I'm going to guess you've watched it before, though. I think most <laughs> of the people listening to a podcast about it have probably watched it. But if not, I would be interested in your perspective. Do you agree with me? What would you like to see more of? Send your thoughts to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. And there is, of course, one more thing we ask for every time. Just just like uh, just like the dancers at Bada Bing, we got to keep dancing for our supper, which we do every day with our voice dances for your ear uh, enjoyment ear pleasures where am i going with this i'm going please leave us an itunes review that was the point of all of that uh you can find us on itunes just leave a review maybe five stars maybe write a little something it does help if you write in a little thing and we will definitely read your review on the show yes pretend that we're a dancer at the bing maybe we're tracy and you're just making it rain reviews on iTunes. Even if you don't necessarily use iTunes, we do rec- uh, we do prefer that if possible. But, of course, Stitcher or any of your different podcast needs, we do appreciate reviews and ratings. That helps us out, helps the show out, and we keep this train a-truckin'. I use CastBox because I'm an idiot. No, it's fine. It's a good one. You can leave a review there, I think. I don't know. Whichever one you're using, really, and send it in to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. But beyond that, I really just have one more thing to say, Jim. Oh, yeah. What's that? Check out jimandthem.com and awesomepedia.org and cut to black.